Hey folks, Ed Williams here. I'm going to talk about, I've had so many uh, emails, uh, DMs about uh, what we're doing with the COVID-19 crisis. So I'm going to tell you about my, uh, one of the most humbling experiences I've had um, in my entire career. And uh, this is about what occurred over a three week period, two to three week period. Uh, I'm going to talk, you know, about, um, you know, leadership during a time of crisis and how we handled it, specifically how it unfolded, how I handled it, uh, what we're doing now, and um, the very humbling lessons that I learned throughout this process. So, um, you know, when we talk about a crisis, uh, it's truly unfamiliar territory uh, and something happening very quickly and unexpected. And, you know, you never know when this is going to happen. And like I said, in my 30 year career of um, as a facial plastic surgeon, I've never experienced anything like this. So um, just looking at what, you know, if you take a look at the best leaders when there was a crisis, uh, you know, you talk about William Churchill or others. Um, and, and, you know, I always go back and look, you know, that I'm looking at, at, at our experience and there's a couple things that are really important. One is, you know, to keep, to organize your, your team, get your stakeholders in place, get all the information that you can before you respond, be very, very deliberate and calm and optimistic. Um, not overly optimistic, but realistically optimistic because the last thing when, when the team sees you rattled, um, that's not good. And then start to walk down the road to decision-making, deliberate decision-making, and the entire time um, with empathy, really listening to people, understanding what con concerns them. Because if you think things are bad for you, um, you know, you don't realize that things are bad for others. And then communicate, communicate, communicate. So for those of you who know me, I have um, we have a, a, a large, a fairly large facility with a, a, a 21,000 square foot facility, two room ambulatory surgery center. We have a surgical side to the practice, total of about seven physicians, one that's a non-facial plastic or non-surgeon. Um, uh, non the rest are plastic surgeons, facial plastic surgeons. We have a hair transplant practice we acquired in 2016. So this is what was going on. We were essentially doubling the non-surgical practice. Some people call them medical spas. We don't do spa services per se, so I call it a non-surgical practice. We're in the middle of renovations in the practice. We're posting record growth with, uh, you know, uh, affecting pretty much 75 lives between the doctors and our supporting staff anesthesia. And we're set to do an acquisition in July 1st, 2020 of another practice. And we have another one we're um, looking to acquire. And I can get into that another time. But um, <clears throat> three weeks ago, yesterday, that is three weeks yesterday, I was, uh, or no, three weeks today, I was at a business development meeting. And so there's, there's eight of us that have been together for about 13 years. And, and look at it as my board of directors. We meet once a month with a very uh, systematic way to tackle problems for each other's business. Uh, we follow a protocol, an agenda, and it's been one of the best things I've ever done. But um, one of our guys who runs a software company was really kind of rattled by what was going on with COVID. And at the time, you know, I thought uh, Johnny was maybe maybe overreacting a little bit. You know, he talked about phase one, phase two, and phase three, and, you know, we all had to, you know... Uh, you know, antiseptic our hands, and he and he had this whole plan, and and I thought to myself, you know, I've been through two times. I've been through, gosh, uh, 
the recession of the of the nineties, two thousand one, uh, the tech bubble burst, nine uh, eleven, which you know, in upstate New York, two hours away from New York City. I mean, our phones literally stopped ringing. Um, 2008 was bad. Um, you know, I mean, we bounced back with some of the non-surgical, but we were very rattled with the surgical as, uh, you know, people were just not doing things. I mean, when people feel broke, they don't buy facelifts or tummy tucks, you know, which is what my partner does. So, um, I thought to myself, never in a million years, am I going to lay people off? People are talking about, what do we do? What do we do if this really hits? Um, and then over the next you know, week, the, the data started to come in, you know, what was going on with uh, COVID-19. And the rumors were out there that they're going to possibly shut down surgery centers and, uh, you know, non-essential business. And, and then, you know, three days later, I see my friends who own uh, uh, eight or nine uh, Orange Theory fitness centers laying everybody off and closing up. <clears throat> and I got a call from uh, a friend of mine, Mike Nyack, and he's like, Ed, what are you going to do? This was Friday, Friday, a week ago, um, a week and a few days ago from now. And I said, well, I do know one thing. I'm, I, you know, I've worked really hard to build my team. There's no way we're, we're not laying anyone off, Mike. I, I, you know, I've got myself in a good position with cash. I, I've never had to um, <clears throat> lay anyone off in a recession. We knew this was coming. So I, I've been very careful about not having a lot of debt and um, you know, building out my cash reserve. I got this winning team. Um, so, and, you know, I care about these people. Uh, but I also have uh, my share of overhead. And, you know, I mean, according to the metrics, we're not, you know, overly uh, with over overhead is uh, beyond excess. But, you know, we have all these businesses, uh, rent roll, you know, rents that we got to pay, a mortgage on a building, anesthesia contract. And then the reality started to, you know, hit with my uh, disbelief of what was really going on. And I started losing sleep. And, you know, I, I spoke uh, <clears throat> one week ago, which is basically six, seven days before we um, had our pretty significant furlough. I talked to a number of my uh, buddies and colleagues in this business development group. And the message was clear from all of them. You know, Ed, you're you're not a three and four person shop anymore. You can just hang on, and you know, you need you you need. This is happening. I mean, you're going to get shut down, and um, you need you need to uh, have a business to come back to. You can't just burn through all of your cash that you have if this goes on three and four months, right, or two months even. Uh, the average small business has about you know, 20 to 27 days of cash reserve. Um, I think it's ideal to keep two months, but, you know, even with a couple of months of cash reserve, two months of operating expenses, um, you know, we don't want to burn through it. We had no idea where this was going. I mean, how big is this going to be? So uh, the message that was given to me by my colleagues was, look, you need to figure out, I mean, one of my friends has 300 employees. He, other, he laid off 75% of his team. Um, and he said, I just, the week before I just hired 25. So, you know, he had more experience with this and, but he said, you can't just, uh, keep everybody on. We started at that point talking about working at home. So what I, what I did was I realized this was happening and, and we had to, um, we had to deal with this. 
Um, so what I did first is I started, um, mom has keys. Um, what I started to do was I got everybody together. I got my managers together and really listened to them. What were their concerns? Um, you know, some of them, it was concerns about possibly working at home. Some of it was concerns about, you know, uh, their financial commitments. And then I had them get together with every single one of our, uh, staff and team members to listen, to find out what was their, uh, concern. And so it's important in going through this, as I mentioned before, uh, the most important thing is to demonstrate em- empathy. And, and I think we did a pretty good uh, job and I'll, I'll, I'll explain that at the back end. Um, and tried to remain calm <clears throat> through the entire time. I will tell you, I lost more sleep um, that week than I have in, in years. Just thinking about, you know, not only am I ha- having to deal with this, what's going to be the fallout? How long is this going to last? Is it going to last a month? Is it going to last three months? Um, and so, you know, the what ifs. But uh, I think I did a pretty good job of keeping calm, cool, and collected. And I will tell you, I saw friends of mine and colleagues posting on Facebook, like, I don't know what this means. I'm going to have to, you know, I won't be able to pay my rent. I'm going to have to lay, you know, possibly lay everybody off. And that is not what you should do in a crisis. So I think we did a pretty good job keeping together. And then I started communicating. I mean, I com- I met with my management team basically every couple days uh, at the end of the day got the information. And then I started communicating in the back, uh, on the other side. And what I did was I put together a Facebook, a private Facebook group and got all of our team, uh, on that. And so day to day, I would give them updates. Um, so, you know, when you, when you think about, you know, we're, we're concerned if you, if you take a look at the average person who's working for someone, um, their number one concern. So, if you go back statistically, you know this has nothing to do with this particular problem, but is job security, uh, their wage uncertainty, um, and their basic needs. And so, this is why it's so important to really pay attention to everybody and to try to demonstrate that um, empathy and have communications um, back and forth. You know, we had some people that could potentially work from home, but. You know, their concerns were that, you know, I, I have to, my kids are home from school, are going to be home from school. How can I possibly work and, and deal with my kids trying to go to school? And um, I had a sales director who was pregnant, my marketing director who was pregnant. They're, they were very concerned about getting sick. Um, you know, and we were concerned, is it possible that, you know, is it really possible they can, they can they can get over their, uh, their, they can, um, excuse me, get, get their work done. So there was, there was a lot of, uh, it was an emotional roller coaster. Um, <clears throat> I finally, the reality hit that I need to make, I needed to make some changes. And we started to look, we made it, I call it the, the situation room, but up in our conference room, we put every single business up there with every single person. We went down the list, uh, for a couple hours at the end of the day. What's the deal with this person? What's the deal with this person? Um, and what was in, extraordinary for me, because we did demonstrate empathy and because we did communicate on both sides, we had people stepping up like, um, like you know, no one's business. I had managers coming to me and saying, listen, um, you know, I've been with you for 15 years. I, I don't, my kids are, you know, my kids are gone. Uh, I don't need to make a living. I, I'll, I'll take, I'll, I'll, go, I'll be unemployed, but I'm still going to work. You know, obviously that's 
we don't know that's not legal, but the concessions people were making. I had one of my nurses who've been with me for years say, look, I don't need the money. My husband's got a great job, which is stable. Um, I want to make sure that Brianna has a job. You know, she's the one with two young kids. So it was extraordinary how everybody um, came came together on this whole thing and said, listen, we're in this. What, what can we do to, together? And that was the Thursday, actually Wednesday, Thursday before the big government bailout, you know, small business. And, you know, my, what I was losing sleep over and what I was really concerned about at the time was, um, you know, the hardship that this would pose to people that I really cared about, people that, you know, that really stepped up and now I'm just closing them out and letting them go. Um, what I didn't realize is that the government was going to do the right thing and the government had enough foresight, uh, including in Congress. Now, I wasn't thrilled about all the pork they threw in there, but, you know, I knew somebody's going to pay for that at some point, right? And But, you know, 45% of revenue in this country is generated by small business and this this had the potential to bankrupt every every small business, including potentially ours. So I had one of my business colleagues say to me, Ed, not only do you need to lay off or furlough people, the government wants you to do this. They're putting this in place to take the burden off a of small business because the government, government and no fault to your own was shut down. And this is what the government wants to do is step in. And, you know, I have never asked for anything, really. We pay our taxes. Um, I mean, uh, you know, the government bailed out in 2008. They built out corporations, right, to the extent that most of us thought was very, very unfair. If there was a time to accept some help from the government to push our people off onto the government payroll, if you will. In reality, what I didn't know is that there were people that were, you know, whether they're furloughed or, or laid off, would actually um, be in in better shape than financially uh, than they were working for us. Um, and and to put it, what I ended up doing is when I looked at the salary range, anyone that was making maybe fifty five, fifty five thousand, sixty thousand or less actually made more money on a furlough or unemployment. But the, the decisions I made be, you know, were without this. And that's why it, what made it so very, very difficult. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, the, the results were we ended up um, probably 55, 60% of our people furloughing um, on the Friday, uh, which was, again, uh, just this past, you know, weekend, uh, Friday the 27th or so. Um, and you know it was a it was a rough day um but what happened in the following weekend proved that I think we did a pretty good job between communication on you know facebook to, uh I received max messages my entire weekend, which also happened to be my birthday weekend weekend from my team people that were let let go uh that they realized how difficult we were struggling with this. And then I can't wait to come back and what an amazing you know, leadership that we demonstrated and what an amazing organization we have. So, you, you know, I, I think we did uh, did things, you know, well. So, again, let's get back to the, the main things when you're going through this, if this is of any help, you know, organize your people that you trust, your stakeholders, your, your leadership team, if it's one or two even um, be calm and optimistic. Dis decisions have to be based 
on fact, not emotion. And by the way, a lot of these are not intuitive. Really do your homework, roll up your sleeves and um, show empathy and then make sure you're, you're communicating. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to talk about my predictions for the future, but um, where we are going, but with change, there is always um, opportunity. And so we had a two-hour phone call with my uh, peer group this past week, and we went around the group, and we all have different businesses. So, you know, what what did you learn here? You know, or, you know, excuse me, what are you struggling with? And we, we helped each other solve problems. And then we finished with what, you know, what's your take-home what message and what's the silver lining? And um, one of my colleagues said, you know, the, this is the great secession. You know, what, do I, what are the things I'm going to stop doing now? Um, maybe look at things that are that are not as productive financially for the business model. Uh, the other one came, you know, this was mine. Is that, you know, in whenever my my dad was in real estate, and he used to say, you know, I always like a great recession, be a good recession because it gets rid of the deadwood. You know, all the all the brokers out there that are kind of the the ones that are not is profitable and maybe just creating problems for you doing more advertising and getting in the way. And I look at that with a lot of the med spas that we have out there, you know, they get this commodity pricing. Um, I've looked at the P and L balance sheet of a lot of these and, and because I've asked, been asked to just weigh in on them. And many of them are marginally profit, especially profitable. And especially when you factor in your debt and servicing debt and interest, they're not at all. This is going to knock out, and bankrupt a number of people who do not have a solid uh, business model. Another, you know, a lesson learned here is that, you know, cash is king. Um, we knew, you know, I, I, I haven't been, as I've said before, I've, you know, we all put money in the stock market. I think probably have more money in the market than I'd like to have, but I haven't really added to the market the last two or three years other than our retirement stuff. And the reason why is that I knew we were going for a recession at some point. Statistically, it happens every seven or eight years in this country. We've happened to go from 2008 to, to 20, so 12 years. So we made it a little further. You know, there's got to be a market correction. So what I've been doing the last three years is putting cash aside. And so from a personal financial point of view, you know, I could not take income from our work for a very long time. And in fact, um, we're starting to add back into the market now that I think it's stabilized. And then this is, you know, March 30th, we started feeding back um, in a strategic manner. And I know you can't time the market, but uh, cash is king. Um, what we're going to use in my strategy moving forward is, um, you know, we have this big team and, and I really, it took years to build the team I have. I do not want to lose my key people over this. And so what I've done is I really, I've kept a lot of our management team, our sales marketing team, and we're going to use the next few weeks here for development. I mean, those projects, whether it has to do with the website, whether it has to do with uh, social media, things that need to be worked on, we're going to use this time to really roll up our sleeves and uh, get aimed for the future. This is an opportunity um, to use this time for development, and I would encourage you if you can keep people on, uh, and that's what we're doing. We're using the resources we have to keep the people on that are going to help us move the dial in the future. Uh, use this time for development. And, and then finally, you know, um, use this time to connect with people. Connect with people. Maybe you've, you know, you're furloughed. Connect with people you know that are, that are hurting. Uh, the best leaders are really um, show themselves during uh, during times of difficulty, we have a practice that we were going to bring on board 
in um, in July, and I, I I went out of my way. To, I had been to communicate with them, see how they're doing, what are they struggling with right now, and and those kind of things. You know, really, it really just takes time. It takes the time to listening and finding out what's important to other people. So, you know, my mindset now that I we've we've done this big furlough as of Friday is 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 different and. One of the questions, I'm, and I'm going to send this out to anyone who asks, you know, why, what's the difference between why furlough versus uh, lay people off? There are significant advantages to furloughing, but basically, if you intend, and we do, to bring these people back, it's in your best interest um, to furlough them. They still stay on your payroll in your payroll system. You don't um, eliminate them, but... Um, you're you're no longer paying them. You're not no longer paying your payroll pet taxes. Those sort of things. But it, I think from a morale point of view, people know you want them back. So uh, psychologically, I think a furlough, and we do. Um, so the my mindset now is is I look at this is much more calm than I, that I've made the decisions that were really uh, keeping me up at night. I look at this as somewhat of a sabbatical. You know, I mean, my kids are home from college. I've had a chance to spend a lot more time with our kids than we have in the last you know, year, especially the older ones. Uh, time to think about what's important. Time to, you know, sit in my study with a glass of wine and just think about, you know, where are we going? What are we doing? Um, you know, I always put myself in a position to retire at 55 and I'm 61. I've got more energy now than I ever have. And um, I like winning. So I'm not winning. I'm not ready to hang it up at this point. So now what we're doing is we're, we're taking this to reload, regroup, and what's the next phase? And I think uh, if you look at it as, as a time to kind of have a sabbatical regroup and use this time, um, it can be very, very productive. So before I talk about the future, you know, where I think the future is, you know, lesson learned, cash is king. It's easy to say it, but in the, remember this in the future, keep your debt low. Um, and, you know, one of the lessons I've learned was that I'm glad we did that. And two, there's no shortcut to building an awesome business. And um, because it's the people that you have. And the last thing that I want to do, and I'm so glad that we handled this the correct way, the last thing I want to do um, is, uh, is to go back and rebuild, you know, start from scratch, uh, the winning team that we have. And so I think it's important and I'm really glad that we were able to do the furlough. Someone asked me, you know, and, and there's a lot of details are going to come out on the PPP, you know, which is part of the cares, which is part of the, uh, <clears throat> plan that Congress put together. There's a lot of unknown with that. I mean, I'll give you an example. Son, someone said to me, you know, is the, if you furlough someone or if you, you know, keep them on, are you going to, is this going to be credited toward the SBA loan that you get? And part of it, it's non forgiven. I don't know the answers to all this. Um, my C, my uh, CFO has, has been spending all day trying to understand the details, but here's the bottom line. Everybody's practice and situation is different and you need to really interface with your own accountant on that and interface with your own bank. If your bank's not helping you apply for the part of the $350 billion um, uh, loan, which there's a guaranteed part of it that's a grant basically, um, that, that you know, you need to find another bank because this is, it's a first come first serve basis. And I, it's going to take some time to file it. 
Uh, another lesson learned here is that I am so glad that I bit the bullet a couple of years ago and we hired, uh, we put in place a CFO and a, a CPA account, someone who's uh, worked for five years as a public accountant because our accounting is to the penny accurate and will make very easy for us to um, apply uh, to this, apply for it. Um, you know, the future, I've been asked the last few days, you know, what do you, you know, what do you think is the future? I think there's opportunity. I think there's anytime there's change, there's opportunity. We just need to figure it out. I mean, the surgical part of what we do has been growing at two to 3% per year. And obviously there's more and more competition that makes it difficult. The non-surgical is growing a lot um, faster, which is at 15%. The problem, the barrier to entry is not high and you're getting um, everybody and their brother popping up with these medical spots. I think there's opportunity uh, and that's what I'm going after is maybe to partner and maybe to ac- acquire uh, medical spas. And we, like I said, we're, we're working in that direction to partner with people because we believe there's going to be a consolidation in the industry. And we believe the economy scale and running a really good business is going to put us in, in a good position. And I think there's always going to be opportunity if you can just figure it out. I mean, Max Factor built his business during the depression. Um, men and women will always want to look good and take care of themselves, even when they're feeling lousy about what's going on. Um, so we are going to see, you know, unfortunately we're going to see, you know, some real hardship in my opinion, in the food industry, in the you know, restaurant business in the hotel business, especially those running on, um, on a tight margin. And like I said, you're going to see some of this too with medical spas. Um, Surgery, you know, as surgeons, I think we're in a unique advantage um, and that we can offer everything to everybody and we just have to, uh, you know, figure this out. Um, the future, you know, I, uh, Bill Ackman, who's a, who runs Persian Capital, uh, a, a hedge fund guy, made a prediction uh, and actually bet against what happened, bet against the market. And he uh, capitalized to the tune of about $2 billion about two weeks ago. But he has gone on record about a week or two ago. He's saying, calling for Trump to shut down the country for 30 days. And it's going to be critical that we do that in our practices. In fact, I'm, I was astounded the number of people I've talked talking to today who've asked, and they're still limping along. And I'm like, guys, you, you got to, we have got to shut down. And that's what we've done. We've shut down for about 30 days in New York City. It's starting to plateau a little. The number of deaths are flattening, intubations, ICU admissions. But I, you're, this wave is going to come throughout the country. Fortunately, I think it's bought us all a little time. We are so behind on testing. But when we, if if we can get a flattening of the curve and if we can get the testing done so that it's rapid testing, I believe there's a potential for us to open back up in, in four to six weeks, which is, but I, I encourage anyone who's, who's trying to take this two, two weeks at a time to, to, to not do that. Um, you know, what they always say is what, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So <clears throat> I think that the future of our business could actually be, um, you know, the non-surgical is, is never going to be quite the same until we get vaccinations. Um, how we see people is going to be different. 
I, I think we may even have to mandate that people are tested. I mean, there may be these quick tests that people take before they come in and if you're going to be face-to-face with someone. People may be wearing uh, N95 masks and appointments may be spaced out a little bit. That may be the new norm. It'll be interesting to see. I think on the surgical end of things, um, we may see we may actually see a surge in, in surgery. I saw a woman this past week that said to me, you know, uh, I was planning on going to France in the fall. And the reason that I, I really hurried up and moved my surgery up, quite frankly, is that we, we canceled that. And, you know, and and by the way, we, my husband and I eat out, the t- you know, our habits and patterns are going to change. And she was predicting that we'll see a surge in our surgery because people are not going to travel as much the next year as they have in the past. And I think that's going to hurt, obviously, the travel industry. And people are not going to be eating out as much. And so those who have discretionary funds um, may stay put and may decide to have their face left or tummy tucked because that's what I've heard from you know some of my patients. There may be more opportunity. Um, so you know maybe the opportunity now is for us to spend time on re- you know, re- rebranding maybe, uh, working on development and those sort of things. Remember, you know, with, uh, with, oppor- with change, there's always opportunity. We just have to figure it out. So I hope that's been helpful. Anyone who is interested in, you know, the documents that we have on furlough versus um, laying people off, happy to send them to you. I hope you found this um, somewhat informative it was a very, very humbling and painful uh, process to go through. I wish you the very best of luck. Please, everyone, stay stay healthy. Take this seriously. And uh, we do know that this will pass. Um, and it's our goal to come out of it healthy uh, and to come out of it with our businesses healthy. So thanks so much for listening. And uh, shoot me some questions, comments, if, uh, if you have any thoughts. And um, that's it. Have a good night.